0: My name is Wizzy Brown
1: and I'm Bryant McDowell
0: and I'm Molly Keck and we're with the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service Department of Entomology and this is Bugs by the Yard where we hope to increase your enthusiasm about bugs in the urban landscape.
2: Welcome back to Bugs by the Yard. We are on our final episode of 2023, so bring in 2024. Yay! And we're talking those special gifts or our ideas for special gifts for the amateur or professional or wannabe entomologist that happens to be in your life. So we all have a big old list of things that we probably all have ourselves or have utilized ourselves and love and would recommend to anybody that... Need some entomological ideas. And I guess I will kick it off. Whether you are a child or an adult, I think that a great first time pet for many people, or even you've got many pets, um, are tarantulas. I always think that that's a really exciting thing to get under the Christmas tree uh, or maybe I second stocking. <laughs> that would be kind of creepy, right? To put it in that the stocking. That would be awesome stocking.
0: if you had a tarantula come crawling out of the stocking <laughs> on Christmas Day. Ooh.
2: I don't think most moms would like that. (laughs) Only special houses can do this. (laughs) You have no idea though, how many people, and not just for their kids that came to my camp or something that will call and say, where's a good place to go to, to get tarantulas or what should I, I want to get a tarantula for my child. Mm
0: -hmm. And then I had
2: a friend who collected tarantulas, her husband was started to collect them. And so she got them for her husband for Christmas. I uh, would highly recommend tarantulas. I am a good pet owner for those that like walk next to me and make noises at me, but the quieter ones like my insects and arthropods, I'm not that great of a pet owner and tarantulas are very, very hard to kill. You you should feed them often, but you don't want to feed them too often because then you can actually force them to molt, which... Lowers their life or shortens the, their life expectancy. They are okay to ignore, and I heard somewhere that they don't re, they don't recall time, so their last experience with you is very fresh on their mind. So they always kind of remember you in a way, or at least they know that you're gentle if you pick them up, you know, et cetera. Et cetera. But they just sit in a t- box. They don't even like a big aquarium. First tarantula I got, I wanted to put it in a big aquarium and the people I got it from said, no, they want a small space. I guess it stresses them out to have free range. Well, it's hard to find their food too. Yeah, that too. But you do need to know if
0: you're getting the tarantula, whether it's one that digs or if it's one that webs in trees because you need either like a lot of substrate or stuff for it to climb on.
2: Yes. And I have one that's kind of a digger, like it likes to burrow but I still have it in a track, like a critter keeper, you know, Mm -hmm. which are like, I don't know, I want to say $10, but it's been a long time since actually the last one that I looked at still had a price tag on it. And it said 999, but from 2010. So I don't know what they are 13 years later. (laughs) They Um, might've gone up in price. Probably you could say they've doubled, but they're, I mean, fairly cheap enclosures and you just give them a little bit of substrate, depending on what species it is. I think all of them. us, our very first tarantula was probably a Chilean rose hair.
0: I have one right now. Yeah. Yes. And substrate, you just do like the, the cocoa core.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That cocoa, um, I call it coconut bark. Right. And you like,
0: it, yeah, it's like that really fine shredded.
2: You put it in stuff. water and it expands. Yes. Like yes.
1: <laughs> Which you can get it. Um, if you have a lot like Wizzy Lowe's sells those like Industrial size bags. I use that in the really? garden too, but I think oh, it's but that, like-
0: that's peat, right? still
1: coco core? It,
0: it's different. Peat oh, is okay. harvested in in peat bogs, whereas the cocoa core is from like coconut thingies, and it's more environmentally friendly.
1: Oh, like, whoops! Sustainable. I just
0: the
1: <laughs> again. Oh,
0: and it lasts. And, you know, for containers, if you want to go cheap on containers, depending on the size of the spider, I went to the container store and I bought plastic shoe boxes Mm -hmm. that you can put in the storage thing. And then I just drilled like little air holes in it. And that's what I have my tarantulas in.
2: And they're just as happy as they can be. Yep. They, I mean, you don't have to walk them. You don't have to talk to them. (laughs) You don't have to. Uh, You can hold them if you want to. I, if you plan on holding it, whoever you get them from, I would ask them, can I hold it first? That's, that's like what I do for myself. Well, you put it in my hand and if I'm comfortable holding it and it doesn't skits on me, then I'll keep it. But if the tarantulas that I have that I did not hold initially, I still won't hold. Cause I just don't know if I trust them, but yeah, Chilean rose hairs are the best.
0: When you're going to purchase a tarantula, you could do a little bit of research because there are some that are more, I don't know capable of being handled than other species. I mean, some species are just more aggressive or more skittish than other species. I know there's what the Brazilian black, they call like the Labrador of the tarantulas. Cause it's like big and black and hairy, but it's just kind of like a big goofy, you know, 3 am. Da, 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 da. <laughs> uh, Molly, you had
1: one. No, it wasn't a Brazilian black, a white knee. Is that a thing. No,
0: I don't know what mine there is. There are red knees. There's red knees and fire legs, and those are all the the brachypoma. There's a whole bunch of different ones. Those ones are pretty docile as well.
2: Mine, I think, is that genus, but it's called it, I call it a Chaco. Like, so oh, I don't yes. know if that's a mm-hmm. abbreviation for a species name. And she is super chill. Her name is Coco the Chaco. She is so chill, unless she's hungry, and then I can tell because she gets a little faster. But she's huge. Well, I say she's huge. She's not like a Goliath bird eater, but she's, I mean, she fills up your whole hand and she's chunky. Like you think when you hold one, they should, I never know, do, should it weigh a lot or not weigh a lot? And so it always both surprises me at how little and how much it weighs. And she weighs to me a lot. And then I have another one that somebody gave me. I don't know what it is, but it's probably a similar species. And it it is one I have not held. It's always out. It's on my desk right now. Always staring me down all the time. But I can like reach in and kind of tuck it and it doesn't rear up. That's when, you know, it's not happy. So I guess I probably could pick her up.
0: And if tarantulas freak you out, the other option that I would recommend is not an insect, but you can go with some of the designer isopods, which you can Mm -hmm. go collect some outside, but they have some super cute ones. Molly got me some rubber ducky isopods last year and I love them. And my colony is going bananas now. (laughs) So you know, a lot of times you can find those at the same places that you can get tarantulas, which the place I think that you're going to recommend, they have both of them, right?
2: Yeah. If you are in the San Antonio area, and I think they may also ship. They do. But they like have certain rules about shipping certain things and they'll do meetups. It's Nature's Exquisite Creatures, and they have a website. Um, They're a little bit more active, I would say, on social media, Nature's Exquisite Creatures. And he, the guy that runs it. Jerry and his girlfriend or fiance, Lily. I got my first tarantula from them. I actually, I've known them kind of through circles for a, a long, long, long time. And he gets, goes in and out of different phases. He was into uh, venomous snakes for a little while. Thank goodness oh, wow. he's out of that. Um, <laughs> he got bit by one of his rattlesnakes and, he, and oh, lost a part of his finger. <laughs> so he, Wow. He I went to that. his
1: garage and got to see that a while yes. back.
0: Wait, you got to see his finger that was lost?
1: No, this was... I didn't know that happened. This was long before then. This was probably in 2014, 2015,
0: so... I just have this vision of, like, the finger in a jar
2: on the garage (laughs) shelf. I think they just amputated it. It's a whole story. So anyway, he's done with those. But he's all into isopods. And something else he's getting into...
1: Those of you who maybe go to Repticon and whatnot, too like i think that yes. he travels to those.
2: Yes, if you do uh, that's another good place to find local things, vendors. If you go to like your exotics, what what do you call those things? There's always like a bird show or an exotic show or a reptile show. There's almost always somebody that breeds tarantulas there. And then that way you can talk to them like this is what i'm looking for. What is something that's good for me and they should have multiple ages also because a tarantula can live forever. The one i have, i've had for Oh my, man. A memory popped up. She's a minimum of 10 years old, if not older. And she was probably 20 years old, 16 years old when I got her. Cause she was mature. So she'll, and she could live another 30 something years. So they, they're kind of like parrots or birds where you got to put them in your will. If you, if they live <laughs> as long, longer than you do, you know? <laughs> so
0: he has isopods, roaches,
2: springtails,
0: tarantulas, and I think he's expanding out into scorpions, because that's looks yes. like the newest thing there.
2: Yes. He's he did have scorpions before because he's the one that convinced me to hold the Emperor Scorpion. I, I didn't feel good about that, but he had me do it and he was like appalled that I didn't want to touch it. I'm like, listen, we all have our limits, and that's the <laughs> line for me. <laughs> Give me a spider any day.
1: So when you go to purchase, if you're gonna do a tarantula or scorpion female versus male if you care about longevity
2: yeah because females live longer but males are prettier (laughs) yeah males generally have more color
1: if you go to like a pet store you are probably not gonna know it's probably or if you get slings right if you get the juveniles which a lot of them when you're making your first tarantula purchase i think you go into it and it's like, whoa, I'm gonna spend $125 on a tarantula, but this one tarantula is gonna last a really long time. It's probably a female, it's an adult slings. You can take the chance and get one for 30 bucks.
2: Or even
0: less. Depends on the species. Yeah.
1: De- yeah, depending on the well and I will say Petco and PetSmart have had, and no, Pet Supplies Plus. Maybe it was sometimes around Black Friday they'll do like the discounts on like the reptiles, but it, it's everything in those enclosures, and so the tarantulas mm-hmm. are usually kind of categorized in there. And I got, I got a Mexican fire leg, the red knee, and a cobalt blue, all for mm. like a hundred bucks.
2: Dang! Oh, wow. Large
1: spiders too. Yeah, I was very excited.
2: Somebody is listening to us going. Oh, I'm sorry, hundred and twenty five dollars for a spider. When you get into them, I mean, they're pretty.
1: They're very pretty.
2: They're a very chill pet to have, very easy to take care of.
1: What do you feed your tarantulas?
2: I feed them crickets. I just go to the store weekly, I think is what my friend Jerry told me to do. And I will admit that I don't do it weekly, but I try to as often as I can. And if I can move my tarantulas into something where, where there's no like substrate, then I actually use a lot of the uh, wax worms that come out of that's how bad of a beekeeper I am all the wax worms that are in my stored equipment um but that's a little Ooh. harder that's what I feed my that's what I've been feeding my frog you do dubia roaches don't you Bryant
1: yeah dubia roaches can be difficult only because they burrow right so yes. if they don't get it when you're gonna have well I guess crickets you can go the same way if you if you throw a bunch of crickets in there and they don't eat it I've had the off chance where you come back and you've got a hundred little cricket babies.
2: <laughs> you <laughs> female. Yes. Yeah. The tarantulas are interesting. They won't like gorge themselves. If they're not hungry, they'll just ignore the crickets. Mm-hmm. So they're very self sustainable, I guess.
0: Yeah. They they're self-regulating on their food. There you go.
2: Yeah. yeah. And they don't need a lot of moisture either. You just, they have a little water bowl, but mine's often dry. And I just, what I usually do is actually just try to drown the substrate and then let them get moisture that way. Because the little water dish always seems to either evaporate or leak out. I don't know. Maybe I need a better dish.
1: I usually, yeah, would overfill my water dish. And as long as that coconut fiber is.
2: Yeah. I did one time though, almost kill Coco. So you know when a tarantula is dead or dying, because it curls its feet under its body. When they molt, they flip upside down, and you for sure think they're dead, and you panic. But then they'll they'll be alive. They're just trying to molt, and they molt their whole entire lives. But so she was kind of curled up, but she was still alive, and I was like, oh no, not Coco! And I and I just I thought maybe she's thirsty, so I filled up her water dish and I set her in it. And she sucked it down, and then she came back to life. So, doctor,
0: huh. doctor... hydration.
2: <laughs> I'm the I'm the tarantula vet over here. <laughs> <laughs> Bad tarantula owner, good tarantula doctor. First
0: up on my list is a jeweler's loop, and you can buy these online. And this is hand lens. I I tend to go with the jeweler's loop instead of a specific hand lens, because if you buy a hand lens, they tend to be way more expensive Mm -hmm. because I think it's, I don't know, a scientific instrument at that point. But if you search for a jeweler's loop, then you can get those for, you know, 10 bucks or so. And they have ones that I have found on online retailer websites that have dual magnification, like a 30X and a 60X. But the good thing is for my eyes that are getting less able to see fine detail, they have lights on them. So you can turn the light on, or there's another one that when you pull it out of the thing, the light comes on. And so that really helps looking at those details that you need to see when you're looking at insects. So that would be my my big thing. And I have, I have those stupid things all over the house. I think Alan has one, Griffin has one. Mm-hmm. I keep one in my car. In I car. have one in my purse. I have one at work. I mean, it's they're they're yeah. everywhere.
2: Yeah. If you're an entomologist, that's like your, that's like your, th- not a throwaway tool, but it's the tool you have for every pocket. <laughs> yeah. What's your number one, Brian?
1: I'm trying to decide if I want to go back to the, talking about live insect pets. I just have a couple other sites that i've used in the past that i figured i would mention because if you type in google right like insects for sale you're going to get so many different things but bugs in cyberspace do y'all follow that guy online no
2: but now i will
1: he's got a really great instagram he's very informative but they have a web page where and for those of you listening we'll post these websites too. Um, So maybe you can click the links in the show notes. I just love how informative his posts are, but they also sell different types of spiders, isopods, centipedes, mantids. I think they do mantids too. Yeah. Another one, backwater reptiles. I've purchased kind of a smaller collection. Uh, Josh's frogs. I think I might've gotten that from one of y'all.
0: He does reptiles, plants, arthropods, kind of all over the place. Yeah.
1: Lots of roaches, right? I think they do roaches. That's another super easy pet to have.
0: Well, I do a pretty good job of killing them. Probably another one that's not popular. Yeah,
1: I always have to have that discussion where it's like, if you think of a cockroach, you're thinking of like one of probably three, four species here in Texas that just give you the ick about all of the thousands of species of cockroaches. But it's very insulting, Wizzy.
0: If you are interested in cockroaches and getting those as a pet I would recommend roach crossing because they have that's adorable a ton of different kinds of roaches
1: roach crossing
2: yeah that's a really cute name
1: I'm gonna check it out so backtracking my I guess second thing for me I'm always wanting shadow boxes to put my in. Uh,
2: that's a good one
1: slash if you're a woodworker and you want to make someone like Something that I really want on my list is going to be a coffee table that's like a shadow box coffee yeah, table. You've like, always said that. that. Yeah. And I just looked up a whole bunch of stuff and I found some options. You can buy them for relatively cheap because it's like a special order thing. But I guess people do that with their like rock collections. And yes. My like
2: mother-in-law has her coffee table, but it's a square and then it's made up of four equal size squares within it and she does like fossils in one and it's like for display for her and now that you mentioned it i'm like you could totally make that i don't know what the backing is but you could absolutely put something in the backing to make a pin fit through it so you could do collections in there that would be i'm gonna beach i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it before you do it i need a new coffee table
1: i'm gonna do it before you and for those of you who maybe don't collect or maybe you don't have insects to pin for your aspiring entomologists um, you could always buy pre pre-pinned insects and i i didn't look too much into websites there's so many you can get on etsy and find people selling them minibeast.com is another one
2: mini beast I like that or- one
1: yeah mini like like mini like tiny mini beast
2: Okay, but
0: Um, beast, like as in rawr, not like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
1: yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, I love how we just roared at each other through. (laughs) They've got different scorpions, butterflies, beetles. They have different kind of subcategories that you can go into. And it's really cool because it tells you a little bit about where they're from. It has like a map kind of with it. So if it's from like a Southeast Asia, it'll highlight those countries where it's native to.
2: All right, Molly, what's your next one? I would say just because it's a good time of year, if you know somebody who is thinking about doing beekeeping, start now buying them some equipment, maybe a suit, even just, you know, if you want to go cheap, just get them a handful of tools in a book because the time to start purchasing bees is right now to, pr- to put your pre-orders in to get your, what are called nukes, or if you're in a whole hive or you're getting a package of bees, you generally put your pre-orders in now and then you get them in the spring. And those commercial beekeepers are just estimating, assuming how many they'll be able to provide when spring hits and their bees go bonkers and they're, you know, making a bunch of them, but that, you know, a little like I owe you or I ordered you a nuke or something like that would be a good gift for someone that wants to do beekeeping, just jump into it because it also gives them uh, after Christmas, it gives them another three to maybe four months to take a class, prepare for things, and get ready for it. And some of the big vendors that are national are Daydant, D-A-D-A-N-T, and Man Lake. There's another one called Glory Bee. And then local vendors, wherever you are, generally are vendors for those three big ones. So you can, um, order them a catalog or, you know, if you go on there, you can, you can find like beginning beekeeper kits and it comes with all the stuff. And then that can be a, a, I think that would be a cool gift for someone that's thinking about getting started with beekeeping. And to go along with that,
0: you have your online beekeeping
2: class that you did. That's right. You could also get them a, well, it's a, I think you get it forever and ever. Maybe it's just two years. I'm not really sure how they have it set up, but on our agrilifelearn.tamu.edu website, I have a recorded online at your own pace, uh, beekeeping course. So you can, you can sign up for that and hopefully learn all the ins and outs of beekeeping. And then you have it forever supposedly. So you can go back if you need to relearn some stuff, cause you can watch it now, then get your bees. And then you're going to panic about what do I do? And you can watch it again so that you know how to use the equipment and set up your beehives and kind of diagnose some issues and things like that.
0: And Molly also does a in-person beekeeping class in San Antonio. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, you might want to contact her and get on her email list so you can get the notifications when those are coming up.
2: That's right. The one in the spring of 2024 is going to be, I think it's going to be April 12th. I think that's the day that I have it set. And if you are not local, but you are able to make a trip to the Bernie, uh, like North San Antonio, north of Fiesta, Texas, and La Quintera and the Rim area, South Bernie, North San Antonio, will do a field day. So you can sign up. What I'll do when I do my live classes is, if, is have a special. So if you sign up for the online class, there's a discounted code, and then you can also attend a field day. So the hands-on part, I think, is is vital. So no matter where you are, if you're able to take a field day or a, you know, a bee day and get in a suit and touch the frames and do it yourself, even more than letting somebody do it in front of you, but feel it, that will make everything feel so much easier for you once you actually do get your bees. But yeah, email me and I can add you to my email reminder list.
0: So my next gift idea, and this would work for more things than bugs, is... On macro lens set for a camera phone and you can use it um, for multiple things and they have different lenses and there's different brands. I mean, you can do more research into it, but with insects, since they are so small, it can come in handy (laughs) very much when you're trying to take pictures of them because it can zoom in on detail and make things a little bit easier to see on them.
2: And those things are they used to be expensive. They're not that expensive anymore. and they work really, really well. Yeah. Your list is like things that I don't have that I really <laughs> do need to add to my list. <laughs> Brian, do you have another one?
1: Yeah, going back to that the the lens, um, they also have relatively cheap. Those little digital microscopes nowadays that
0: Oh yeah. That's another good they, one. That's that's if you're really gonna geek out.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's and it doesn't have just to be for insects, right? But if you're just curious about looking looking around.
0: Or if you have kids yeah. or grandkids. Right,
1: yes, good thing kid, to entertain. Microscope I got was ridiculous compared to what I got for the one like that's in my office right now. And I wanna say it was you can buy like the like generic version of it. Less than a hundred bucks. I think it's like seventy three or so. a little bit of an of investment, but for the you know the quality that you're getting out of it, I think is amazing. My other I have two more. One of them's kind of general, but insect jewelry on Etsy is awesome. if you're someone that likes to, you know have necklaces. they're not all like live resin specimens, I guess. Some of them are just metal figures and whatnot. but. Those are all pretty cool. You can get like cicada wings that are preserved.
2: Have you ever come across caddisfly jewelry?
1: No, but I heard all about
0: they it. They had right that now. at the ESA meeting at the Did they? there was a booth that had it there.
2: Was it super expensive? I didn't look. I feel like anytime I've looked at it it's well, you know why? Because they're using like jewels and gold and, yeah. Gold and- <laughs> semi-precious. Yeah.
1: So, does everyone know what caddisflies are?
2: I'm sure they don't.
0: (laughs) We do. (laughs) And why they would be 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 making jewelry. (laughs) Right, right. Brian, go for it.
1: Oh, man. I wasn't trying to be like an all I know. Um, (laughs) Because I really don't. So y'all might have to help me. It's the it's the larvae or is it the pupil casing? The larvae. It's the larval casing. Okay. So So the larvae uh, are aquatic. Yes. Mm-hmm. So caddisflies, believe it or not, you've you've probably seen them. They come out to your porch light and whatnot. Maybe you confuse them for a moth. They've got really long antennae, kind of a tent-shaped body as adults. But as larvae, they're aquatic. And they kind of build these little protected tube-like domes that they'll take substrate and kind of glue it together. Um, and so people will have them in captivity and they offer them these you know, precious gems and stones. And then they'll take that larval casing and create jewelry out of it. Is there anything else that I should mention there?
0: Well, they Yeah, they
2: use like silk or something.
0: Normally they're using pebbles and sticks and plant material from whatever stream or whatnot that they're in. But these people that are making them into jewelry put them into tanks that have gold chips and like little bits of gemstones and whatnot. And so they're building that case out of those materials because that's what provided. And the cool thing that I like about caddisfly larvae is that you can actually identify what type of caddisfly you have based on the way that the case looks. Really, They are very specific about
2: how they build things and materials that they use. And and it's like really concreted together with whatever silk or substance they use. So you don't have to, it doesn't have to be preserved in any way. You can just take it and then I guess (laughs) make it into earrings. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of, most of them look like little tubes. They're actually not that pretty, but.
1: I'll link some photos as well. I like the I like the turquoise. There's like some that have the turquoise and gold kind of look. And I think that they put like a wire. Do they wrap it with like a wire, almost like a wire cone or something to kind of I've hold it in it, place so it's not beating I don't
2: know. I've seen that, like where it's like a like a gold band that kind of like a yeah, yes. a wire that wraps around it. And then I've seen them just dangling plain. But they're just like a I don't even know what to describe them as, like a teeny like a much much smaller pin cap kind of like a cylinder thing yeah. you know which yeah. i wonder like do pre- they put shape. anything
0: in there i guess i've never really paid no. attention it's like because obviously they remove the larvae yeah but it's like do they stick something in there to kind of keep the structure i i don't know i don't know see I next time know. i go to esa and i see those people i'm gonna have to gonna inspect ask
2: some questions <laughs> My next one is also a shameless plug. Also on our agrolifelearn.tamu.edu deal, if you're into butterflies, uh, I've got a butterfly gardening and butterflies of Texas 101 class. And I have heard wonderful
0: things about it, by the way.
2: Good. Thank you. I'm Well, I'm glad. I spent a lot of time on that sucker. All those online classes take a long time to get through, but it's not super technical, not super duper in depth, but I think what most people care to know about butterflies. And then we talk at the, one of the last modules cover some of the plants, good ideas for plants, native plants, as well as non-native plants, which would be I don't know if you would call those cultivated or what you would exactly call those, but a mix. So for those that want only native and those that don't care so much, some good options. And I guess I, let me say the next one that I've got because it kind of relates to butterflies. A good field guide. If you need some stocking stuff or ideas, because these are smaller presents that are not very expensive, less than $10, there is a group of uh, field guides that are published through a place called Quick Reference Publishing. And you may in the past, if you have an HEB close to you, they used to be at the checkout at HEB. You often see them at the checkout at your nurseries, but there are many different... One, like tons and tons if you go to quickreferencepublishing.com there are mushrooms edible plants birds sticks I mean like I don't know I'm we have a sticks, ton of them they have
0: like dinosaurs yes I, I saw that one I was like dinosaurs yes uh animal tracks but yeah there's Trees. a ton of insect ones it's yeah I think I have them all. Uh, Well, I have all of the insect ones except for unusual insects. I also have like mushrooms and there's like the edible plants. And I know we have somewhere both the freshwater and saltwater fish Mm -hmm. and
2: there's like snails. Yes. snakes.
0: I mean, there's and and since Texas is such a huge state, they have it for various areas of
2: Texas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And specifically for butterflies, there are five areas. I think there's big bend region north texas southeast texas south texas and central texas so Uh, A lot of those overlap, and I actually have all of them for the butterflies. And there's very few that you don't see all throughout Texas. Like Big Ben actually has some of their own. East Texas kind of has some of their own special ones because of the more wooded areas. South Texas gets lucky because they get a lot of real tropical ones. Um, But if you're even in Central Texas, you might get some stragglers that make their way there. So there's a good, the butterfly one I think is excellent. The spiders one is awesome. Um, They have a dragonfly, Yeah, that one's a good one. And then the, un- the I think the most recent one on insects is the unusual, unusual insects, um, which when I go through it, I'm like these aren't that unusual, but they are. But we smitty. also deal with it all the time. That's true. But <laughs>
0: so we're like, oh yeah, that's <laughs> just a blah blah minor books. So those are like pamphlety things that, which are fantastic because they're laminated and dual-sided and I love them and I have them. But if you want books, I I have multiples depending on what topic you want. But I found that these are the books that I tend to turn to the most in all of the entomology books that I have and insect-related stuff. My first one is The Common Insects of Texas and Surrounding States. And that one is by John C. Abbott and Kendra Abbott. My next one is The Bees in Your Backyard, A Guide to North America's Bees by Joseph S. Wilson and Olivia Messinger-Carroll. And that one is, it's not honeybees. So if you want honeybees, go take Molly's training. This is all of the native bees that you probably don't even pay attention to. And once you go through this book and it tells you how to identify them, it tells you about biology, it tells you what area of the United States it's in, you're going to be like, holy crap, there's a lot of bees out there. (laughs) And I had no idea. Uh, the next one is for butterflies. So, to go along with Molly's butterfly class, there is a Butterflies of Houston in Southeast Texas. And that one, I'm going to slaughter their last name. And I apologize to you if you're listening. Uh, John Tavetan and Gloria Tavetan. Sorry. But that one, ton of butterflies in it. Uh, that's usually what I grab when people ask me about butterflies because I butterflies are butterflies and there's obvious ones that I know and to go along with that one if you want to know the immature stages there is caterpillars of eastern north america a guide to identification and natural history that one is by David Wagner there is not a western north america yet I had heard that he is still writing that one so I don't know when that will be done And then my last book is a fun one, or at least I thought it was a fun one. Mm -hmm. And it is called Six-Legged Sex, The Erotic Lives of Bugs by James K. Wangburn. And it is essentially all of the weird reproductive stuff that insects have. So it's talking about like the traumatic insemination of bed bugs and like the dragonflies that have the stuff that they can go in and like rip out the other sperm from the other mm-hmm. dragonflies that mated before them previously and just like all those weird wacky things so if you want more information about insect reproduction
2: it is a great book and i know bryant has said it but we need to do a podcast on that we that needs to be a topic for 2024
1: and i recently during the break, got to discuss this with a group of people that had no interest. But
0: <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> I bet that was a fun conversation.
1: <laughs> I was fascinated.
0: All right, Brian, do you have anything else? I do.
1: This one's just like a, I don't know, fun, fun to me. If you've got someone that's willing to experiment, is in <laughs> entomophagy, right? Mm. So,
0: oh, nice, yeah, food. yeah.
1: But um. I, I use these in, in our summer camp as well. The uh, I think it's Edible Insects is the webpage. I'll have to look it up and I can link it. But I know that they've got different powders that you can mix in with your flour. And people do this for all sorts of reasons. Either it's just fun and they want to try like a cricket. The flavors, like this probably has like the most diverse set of, you know, right? It's not just like barbecue and and pizza or whatever. So they have like curry flavors there's some that are cotton candy flavored it's crazy they've got anything you can think of really they've got the scorpions in the lollipops
0: i don't know which would be worse cotton candy or curry yeah <laughs> oh,
1: I, I think cotton candy would i don't know it depends is it like aspartame flavored or is it yeah yeah I don't
2: know. it Ew. looks like that um, edibleinsects.com is almost like a website it's a hub for lots of different sellers of stuff right or is it all the same I so. so I think so. a the lot of variety
1: that I found that was from was from Joseph Yoon who was we were going to do that entomophagy thing with Am and he's like a renowned chef makes these beautiful dishes um something that you would see at like a really nice hotel right whenever you think of insects people just imagine eating a cricket or whatever but this guy makes really nice looking but the, the presentation is on point is what i should say he's,
2: he's famous and we know him he's famous <laughs>
1: what i was going to say is they have these party packs where you can kind of buy like six different flavors and and try them they're like smaller size so you don't have to make such a commitment but it could be a fun little like secret santa or white elephant exchange well, it gift. could be yeah. you know
0: how they had those like bean boozled Thingies, uh-huh. The jelly belly, yes. jelly bean things that tasted different flavors or what yeah, it could be something like that, you know, yeah, and instead of jelly like- beans, you're eating flavored bugs.
2: That was one of my favorite games to play with the kids. Like it's either green apple or booger.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. I hated that.
2: Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those would be the a, a fun pack. A party pack would sure be a fun like gag gift for somebody. Especially teenagers.
0: If you are allergic to seafood, then you may also possibly be allergic to insects and arthropods by consuming them because it's they're all arthropods. So just be aware. If you are allergic to those or whoever it is, you might not want to buy them edible <laughs>
2: insects. Might not be nice. Yeah. Anybody have any other ideas? I do. Okay.
0: I, I have all of my like obsessive stuff that I follow on Instagram. These are not practical items for the entomologist, but these are fun things for the Mm -hmm. entomologist, I guess. So Instagram artists that I follow that I love their stuff, uh, Molly Burgess Designs is one, and she designs their cloth-like fabric there's spiders, there's insects, she does cicadas, she does moths. Like
2: it's a stuffed animal almost? Yes, okay. but
0: she also, I mean, she does like really big ones that you can hang on the wall, but I have one that's small that you can either wear as a brooch, but I'm going to put it in a shadow box. Mine's a Luna moth that I have. And it's maybe maybe about like an inch and a half by four inches or so. But I, I love her stuff. My next one is... She is a silversmith and she is self-taught and her stuff is amazing. Not, not only just her arthropod stuff, but pretty much all of her stuff. Cause she does a lot of articulated stuff and everything is by hand. She's not using molds. And I actually asked her to custom make a cuff bracelet for me and she did it. And it was amazing. So The bracelet. Oh, I'm sorry. Her name, her name is Nicole Ringgold, but her Instagram is Ringgold Nicole. And it's all one word.
2: Her last name is one word, but it's like two words ring, like a ring you put on your finger and the, the, the gold metal.
0: She made me a cuff, a sterling silver cuff that looked like pecan bark with lichen on it that had an ironclad beetle on it because ironclad beetles feed on lichen and pecan was a tree that we have here. And I wanted this time to be authentic. And I sent her a beetle and she did her thing. And it is amazing.
2: Does she paint the cloth or does she take different colors of cloth and stitch it all together to make the design? Oh no, that's Molly Burgess. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, never mind. Okay. So that that's the cloth one.
0: This one is a silversmith. So the cloth one, oh. I think she buys the cloth for the Molly Burgess. I think that she buys different stuff, but the fabrics that she uses are gorgeous. Okay. But the silver stuff, I mean, she's... You can watch some of her videos. I mean, they're they're just amazing. So she like
2: melts it down and...
0: Yeah, it's, molds it's amazing. It. And she makes like articulated stuff. I mean, she oh, had wow. an articulated isopod that like rolled up into a ball and I think a couple of weeks ago she posted this bracelet that had a spider on it that she made it's just so so cool Um, my next one is it's just like little insect gadgety pretty much tchotchkes so Mm -hmm. us collectors if you want them but I love them that one is Sean Goddard insects and it's S-E-A-N underscore G-O-D-D-A-R-D underscore insects. And he makes insects out of glass, copper tubing, copper sheeting, various things. So he's kind of putting these things together.
2: Oh, I think I got to look him up. There was a guy in San Antonio that did something similar, but he would make it out of fish. I mean, he would make the stuff into a fish. Oh, cool. His are a little bit more sophisticated Sean yeah, they're kind of fancy
0: and For if you some- want even fancier there's a a guy and i don't know if he's in the united states this guy might be oh, wow. in europe somewhere but his instagram is called vetropod so v-e-t-r-o-p-o-d the guy's name is Wesley Fleming and he does lamp work. So you guys know that I also do lamp work, but he makes arthropods, these arthropod sculptures, and they are gorgeous and so delicate. And if you have any kind of notion of flame working and working with glass, you can see by the delicacy of these things, how much skill it takes to make the stuff that he's making. I mean, they are seriously amazing. It's vetropod vetropod. Yeah. And then let's see. Uh, The next one is from hands of dot SJR. And this one is a pottery person and they will, they, they take slip which is like a watered-down pottery, and they actually paint arthropods onto mugs and stuff, and it's just is amazing. And again, I've taken pottery classes, and I can't even fathom the skill that it takes to do that. (laughs) That's really pretty. And then my last Instagram artist that... I'm obsessed with is their handle is by mike libby again all one word and he also makes arthropods out of various objects like gears and kind of found stuff okay blew everybody's <laughs> mind you did cuz i'm like
2: i'm <laughs> google i, go- I got to google
0: all these and we will i'll make sure that we like put those into the show notes so you can have an idea of how to find those people. This is going to be a very
1: long, detailed show note list.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You got your job cut out for you. But it's going to be
0: gift ideas. It's going to be, we're making their Christmas shopping that much easier.
2: (laughs) i noticed that I was, as I'm Googling these things that you picked, Wizzy, you have very expensive taste. I do, very much. (laughs) It's
0: Yes, this is not going to be a cheap Christmas (laughs) stocking stuffer thing. Poor Alan. Yeah, I know. (laughs) This is why he says I'm so hard to buy for. He's like, oh my God. I'm like, just buy me a book. Yeah,
2: yeah. You would be very hard to buy a book for because you have no idea what you've already read or what you have like in the queue that you uh, that's on your thing, (laughs) (laughs) on your Kindle. Okay, are we are we gifted out?
0: Brian, you got anything else?
1: I do not have anything else. Well, actually, Molly? the only thing I can think of is that gigantic. Was it a spider pillow? What was the pillow that you wanted? Oh, yes. Lizzie, a oh that's
2: right. <laughs> what pillow? You found a, a, a while ago, you found a it was like a it was like a bean bag, but you fell in it and it was like oh, a spider had eaten you. Right. <laughs> I forgot about that? I don't know where to find that anymore. I can't remember. I can't Gotta either. I can see it, list. but I can't remember.
0: But that was fantastic.
2: I would just say that if you want a cheap option for stuff, also a mason bee house is always fun. It's kind of like buying somebody a bird house or a hummingbird feeder like who doesn't who that enjoys outside doesn't have space for some for another one of those. so Mason bee homes are another fairly cheap um option if you don't want to spend hundreds and hundreds like like a Wizzy's jewelry <laughs>
0: like like my Instagram artists, yeah. <laughs>
2: Okay. Well, we hope everybody has a great holidays and a great end of the year. And we will be back again in 2024 with new and exhilarating topics. I'm sure we just haven't figured them out just yet, (laughs) but this is our final episode for 2023. So we'll see everybody back uh, about mid January or so. And until then we'll catch you next time. Happy holidays.
1: Howdy to our listeners and fellow bug nerds. We want to take the time to tell you to check out our show notes on each episode and for more information and supplemental materials on the topics covered. Additionally, if you have any questions or recommendations for what you may want to learn more about, you can send us an email to gmail.com. If you enjoy this content and would like to learn more about structural pests that may invade your home, check out our other podcast, Unwanted Guests. Brought to you by Texas A&M University AgriLife Extension and the Department of Entomology. As always, please subscribe or follow the podcast feed to make sure you never miss an episode.